I experienced something wonderful. It was totally clear to me that it was neither a hallucination nor a dream. I was not asleep. It was a completely different feeling. When you have a dream and you wake up, you know that it was a dream. My experience was something else, and I have the feeling that what I experienced there was reality. For a long time, I really had the feeling that being back in this world, in this three-dimensional world, was not reality, and that this other world was reality instead. Mr. Barille, you are a medical doctor and also an MP at the National Council in Switzerland. At the end of 2020, you were diagnosed with aggressive lymph node cancer. This was followed by chemotherapies and a very demanding phase in life, during which you also had a near-death experience. I would first like to ask you to tell us how you felt about the time leading up to this experience. The diagnosis of lymphatic cancer happened on the penultimate day of November 2020 and was totally unexpected for me. The cancer was already so advanced that I couldn't even go home. I stayed in hospital and that was a very intense time for me. From one day to the next, my life was completely turned upside down because the cancer was already very advanced and aggressive. We also had to act quickly and six chemotherapy cycles were planned. They were very, very intense and very strong. They gave me very high doses, as high as my body could bear. For me, that was a time when I knew that my prognosis didn't look good. If I was lucky, the chemotherapy would work, but we didn't know that from the beginning. And we also knew that if we didn't treat me, I would only live for a few more months. That was a time when I always found myself optimistic. I thought I could do it and that I was one of the few who would make it. But I also knew that things could turn out differently, so I dealt with my life very intensely. I tried to find closure for things that needed closure. I didn't want to leave this world with any loose ends and leave things unsaid that should have been spoken about. That was really a time for me where I thought a lot about things. That means that, as a doctor, you also knew what percentage of patients would survive such a disease, and you decided very rationally what to do. Yes, that was the case, but I also knew that the number of patients who survive is always just a statistic. That means that you either have a zero or 100% chance of surviving or dying. And I knew that if I had a chance of surviving, it was because I kept my optimism and my belief that we could still achieve something. 
And it helped me a lot to know that life always has a chance. Life tries to sustain itself as long as it can. Something else that helped me were my surroundings. During the illness and afterwards, I was very lucky to have a husband, but also other good friends and close relatives who were always there for me. It was a particularly difficult time. I was fighting to survive due to the cancer, due to the therapy, but it was also the time of COVID, the COVID epidemic. That meant we were all isolated for months. Apart from the team that treated me in the hospital and my husband, I hardly saw anyone, not even my parents. So it helped me a lot to know, even though I am physically isolated, I don't feel alone. This was a time when this thought always helped me a lot. I was happy. With each therapy cycle, my body got weaker. At the end of my chemotherapy, I could hardly stand on my own without help. Physically, I was very weak, but mentally, I could practically always find something positive. I had a sense of humor. It became very, very dark, but it helped me. I could laugh about a lot of things. I wouldn't laugh them away because I was aware of the seriousness of the situation as a patient and of course as a doctor, but I always saw the positive side and that helped me even in the most difficult times. Because at the age of 44, I was still relatively young, we were able to give me very high doses of chemotherapy, higher than many other people. But that also meant that my body was much weaker than that of others. There came a time when I realized that my vitality was minimal. In March of 2021, there were a few days when I had really lost this optimism. I was convinced that I would not survive this therapy period. That was the most delicate time for me, the most difficult. And yet, I always found this optimism, but I also knew that the inevitable could happen. I came to terms with the fact that nature would also decide what would happen to me. Under what circumstances did the near-death experience occur then? It happened on the 15th of March. It was during one of those phases when I was physically very weak. I was at my house and like many times, I was having a sleepless night. I couldn't sleep, not because I was nervous, I was just awake. And each time it happened, I would keep myself busy. I had just read a book by a doctor who'd had cancer. I had finished the book the night before the near-death experience happened and realized there are two important questions I have to answer for my life. What is the meaning of my life and where do I want to go? Then I thought about these questions and simply realized I had already been awake for four hours and that I couldn't fall back asleep. Then I would often meditate to do relaxation exercises, breathing exercises. During these exercises, something happened to me. It was something that I find difficult to put into words. I'll try to describe it. Words are difficult. 
From one moment to the next, I felt as if I'd been catapulted into another dimension, meaning I was no longer in my room. I was no longer in my bed, nor in my body, but I was in space. I had the feeling that I was in the universe. I try to put it into a certain chronological order, but it all happened at the same time. I realized that I was connected to everything in the universe. I saw stars, I saw galaxies, I saw mountains, clouds, I saw ants on Earth. And I somehow realized that I was connected to everything, that I could feel everything. I actually had the feeling that I was connected to the universe with all my senses. But the senses were not the senses we know here on Earth. I would rather say that I felt it with my soul. I was just in the middle of nowhere. I was weightless and yet connected to everything. Everything had weight. It's almost indescribable. And at the same time, I realized that this connection was also a knowledge connection. I felt like I could understand everything that was happening in this universe. It is something if I tell it now, it would be something very mysterious and I couldn't really imagine it. But it was like my brain was connected to a giant computer somewhere. Because I could see all the processes that were going on. I realized that what I'd just seen, the mountains, the clouds, the ants, were all the same. They were all me. I felt that I was this ant, that I was this mountain. Everything was alive. Everything was filled with an energy. That's where I started. That's where I had the feeling, this knowledge, this consciousness that was becoming so huge, wanted to communicate something to me. That's also when I began to see not only what was happening in the universe, but when I also saw myself, I saw my life. I relived many situations of my life simultaneously, and yet one after another. They were very beautiful, joyful moments from childhood. There were, if I remember correctly, moments of school exams. But there were also especially unpleasant moments like injuries. There were many images where I was hurt, physically less, but by words, defeats, also political defeats, also human losses that I had experienced. But I also relived situations where I hurt other people. And whatever happened to me at the same time, I felt that pain. I relived the pain that was inflicted on me. But I also relived the pain of other people I had hurt. I felt the situations where I had been hurt, but also what the other person was thinking at the time. 
It wasn't evil. I felt and experienced different perspectives at the same time. It was very intense. When I talk about it now, you may think it was like a movie, but to me it wasn't like being in front of a screen, rather that I was in this situation and the different people involved were actors. I would have been all actors at the same time. That's what I experienced. And I noticed that they were mostly painful events starting from my childhood until I had cancer. Each event became even more difficult, even more painful. In the end, it was almost unbearable, this pain from my cancer, but also the pain, for example, that my relatives felt. I felt how bad it was for my parents to have a son who was terminally ill. It became stronger and stronger, the pain I felt. Although it was simultaneous with each episode, it became stronger. At that moment, I realized one thing. I was told that it all had a purpose. Every episode, every experience I'd had in life, every episode had been there to realize what the meaning of life was. I was asking myself what the meaning of life was. It was kind of a question and answer game. Although I didn't hear a voice. It was a dialogue that went via the soul or via the heart. Although I didn't have a body, I also became aware that everything I had learned in life, everything I had experienced, even joyful things or the books I had read, my illness, my cancer, these had all been tasks that prepared me for this moment when I understood what the meaning of life was. That's when I was informed that I was only one part of a huge whole. I became aware of that. I am one of billions of living beings in the whole universe. I am not as important as we humans always think, but I am not unimportant either. The image came from the comparison of a giant machine in which every cogwheel has its task and is exactly equally important, even if it is big or small. And I was also told, I saw these ants, you are not worth more or less than an ant, it too has its task. Everything is the way it has to be. This realization kept coming to me. Everything is the way it has to be. I have my task as Angelo, as a human being, and so does the ant. And they are all equally important. The meaning of life is to preserve life and not necessarily one's own. But life as such, that is also my task. My task is to save and preserve life. What humanity is making of life is wrong. This realization has come to me that we do not respect other living beings, that we exploit them, that we do evil to other people, 
That is not the purpose of my life. During the connection with this knowledge, I also realized that my cancer had a meaning too, namely that it was the peak of this series of injuries, of suffering. And for me to realize that the purpose of my life was to save other lives, not mine. I was also told that the ant and other creatures sacrifice their lives so that others may survive. There came a sad moment for me for a short period of time because I realized that I had lived over 44 years and I had no meaning in life or I had not been aware of the meaning of my life. Now I had this realization that everything I had done, even the hurtful things I had just experienced, had to be this way. Everything was so preordained. There came a moment, this was one of the central moments for me, when what I felt, I can't describe it, it was an energy, and most likely it was an infinite love and safety that told me, you are exactly the way we wanted you to be. You are perfect, just the way you are. You have your task and everything happened as it should have been. It is all good. There is no good or bad in what you did. That's when I realized, okay, all my life, all my experiences, including cancer, had prepared me for this moment. And then it was also clear to me that my previous life was over. The meaning of my life was to find out this meaning, and I was convinced and also prepared to stay where I was, in this infinity that is connected to everything. I was convinced that this was my death, and it was absolutely fine. It was what it was and it was okay. I wasn't afraid. It didn't have an overly positive feeling either, except for this love that really took me in. But it was just the way it was, and it was okay. I was actually ready to go. And that's when I was told, no, it's not time for you yet. Your time hasn't come yet, you still have a job to do, something is still planned with you. I don't know what it was, but it was clear to me that I had to finish my chemotherapy and preserve my life. And at that moment I was back in my body. I was back in my room, in my bed, and then I looked at the clock, and I knew exactly that it was 15th of March, quarter to six in the morning. Then it took me a long time to collect myself again and to realize what had happened to me. That took a long time. 
At that moment, I realized that something wonderful and indescribable had happened to me. People would call that God, I got to know God, but the image that many people have of God doesn't incorporate everything. It's a cheap knockoff of what I had experienced. It was the universe, everything that exists in one. And it is love, it is death, it is life. Everything is the same and I am part of it. That was the realization that I had immediately. I then said that I'd had a moment of revelation. At the time, I never thought that I'd had a near-death experience. Did you know the term near-death experience? I knew about near-death experiences. Yes, I had certain ideas about how something like that happened. I had these classic images that many people have, leaving the body, seeing a light, tunnels, meeting deceased people relatives or other souls that receive you. I had not experienced any of these elements. I never thought I could have had a near-death experience. However, I realized that I had experienced something wonderful. I was certain that it had neither been a hallucination nor a dream. I hadn't been asleep. It had been a totally different feeling. When we have a dream, we wake up and know that it was a dream. But what I had experienced was something else. And I have the feeling what I had experienced, there was a reality. For a long time, I really had the feeling that being back in this world, in this three-dimensional world, is not reality. Reality is the other world, and it really took me months before I heard about a near-death experience from another person while I was listening to a podcast. It was very different from mine, but when she described what she had experienced, what she had felt, I remember that I just cried. I started to cry because I realized this is what I had experienced. This is my story from a different perspective. And that's when I started to deal with near-death experiences. And I realized that what I had experienced could have been a near-death experience, that this was also a part of it. For me, that was also a relief. I would like to come back to this aspect of the life review. Was there also any form of evaluation in this life review? Did the thought occur to you, I should have done that differently? Not while I was there. At that moment, I was simply involved in these events. But I felt the pain. That was really painful. And I knew a little later when I was communicated that I was perfect the way I was, that everything I had done had to be that way. I realized I had done something bad, it hurt, but it was not a direct condemnation. 
Ich habe eher das Gefühl, I rather felt it was not my place to judge. That was more what it was like. But I felt that evaluation more when it was about humanity, that what they were doing was wrong to deliberately torture or exploit other living beings, that this was wrong. But the scenes I experienced didn't feel anything like condemnation. However, me personally, I was condemning myself, I was even partly shocked by scenes I hadn't remembered, where I had really hurt other people, had said or had done bad things to them. So, there were also moments when you became aware that you had done something, became aware in a form that you had not been aware of before? Yes, or I knew but had forgotten about. There were scenes from my childhood that I had remembered or had forgotten. There were also scenes from the last few years, also political ones, where I had hurt people and realized I was vicious there. Yes, those moments did exist. Where I realized, here you went a bit too far. By the way, I later apologized to certain people for what I had said to them. I told them that I was right about the content, but I was unfair in the way I had said it to them. That was my assessment. But while experiencing different scenes in my life, my role was more like that of an actor. I didn't feel like that the universe was watching those scenes with me and said, hey, look, you were bad here. I was just reliving it. For me, it was more so that I could see that everything had its purpose and I was being prepared for that moment. And it also helped me to reconcile with the cancer. Until my near-death experience, cancer was more of an evil thing. I attributed a malignant character to it and had the aim to kill me. After the near-death experience, it was more like I was grateful to the cancer for opening my eyes. Sometimes I also have to smile because I think to myself, this life review showed me various scenes where I should have realized to change my life, but I didn't do it. The cancer was simply necessary for me to finally see this, because I had such a pig head, I needed this experience. I hope other people get this far without having to suffer like this. How did you experience your ego during your near-death experience? Did Angela Barilla exist during this time? That's a good question. Yes and no. It was clear to me that I was in the universe, I was weightless, I had no body, and yet I was me. I had the feeling I was everything, I was connected to everything, but I was also still there as Angelo. It sounds very contradictory. I didn't totally dissolve. I think the image of a cogwheel fits it. 
I was a giant machine, but I was still this cogwheel. And it was also like this force that communicated with me. I felt like it was behind me. If I'd had a body, it would have been behind my head, but I was disembodied. That is, Angelo existed, yes. If I am informed correctly, you received your last chemo infusion exactly on Good Friday 2021. As a result, has Easter, in the sense of the Feast of Resurrection, taken on a different meaning for you? Or more generally, has your religiosity, your spirituality changed? Yes, it was very symbolic for me that my last chemo dose, if we stick to the schedule, was on Good Friday. I used to joke and say, it took Jesus three days to resurrect, it will take me longer. But I'm confident that I will. Good Friday was really symbolic for me. On Easter Sunday, I felt very bad, which was to be expected. I always had this hope because Easter is, also in the Christian tradition, the celebration of spring, of nature, reawakening, of resurrection. And I always had it in mind that at the end of my chemotherapy, my resurrection would also come. Funny enough, today I claim that my rebirth was actually during the near-death experience, so actually much earlier. Afterwards, I was still physically worse, but something had changed mentally. I even knew that if the cancer killed me, I would not be defeated. I never wanted anyone to say that the cancer had beaten me because I realized that I'd been given a second life, and it really happened to be the case for me. Easter took on a different meaning. My religiosity has also changed a lot. I was brought up as a Catholic, not a strict one though, but I went to church regularly myself. I was searching for God, for religiosity. Due to my homosexuality, however, I distanced myself from the Catholic Church and was somewhere in the middle of nowhere for years, even decades. Because of the near-death experience, things became clear to me. That's what actually happened to me after I'd returned to my body. Suddenly, I was no longer in the universe. I wanted to tell the universe something and didn't know how. And then I prayed. I prayed and shouted for the first time in my life, and I was angry at God. Although, I then knew it wasn't God, it was much more. I was angry at the universe. I was so angry because I then thought, why did you wait 44 years to tell me what the meaning of life is? I should have known it much earlier, then I could have done much more good. That was my assessment, although in retrospect, I saw that I had also done bad things and that it was okay. But if I had known that beforehand, I might have been able to prevent a lot of suffering. 
At first, an anger arose in me. I also felt angry because I realized at that time that it was a revelation experience for me even on the same day that other people must have experienced something like that, especially the founders of religions. I thought of various biblical passages that try to describe what I had experienced in words. It made me angry that people tell others what to do. I realized I needed this experience to change my life. I can't tell others what to do now, but I have to change my life now and show others what is right. And all those who oppress others and also dictate them laws and say what is right to do, I felt that I was not allowed to do that. I would say, I've now become very spiritual and religious, but not in the classical sense. I feel more connected to the universe or God, or whatever we want to call it, than ever before. But I am no longer religious. That has changed a lot for me. Do you think that the NDE has influenced your healing process? Do you feel healthy today? Yes, today I am in an intermediate phase. I am no longer sick, but I am not healthy either. I've got side effects from the chemotherapy that severely limit my everyday life. I can't do my job the way I used to before. That's why I can say I don't feel healthy, but I know that at the moment the cancer is not active either. My hope is that it will stay that way for a long time, but I am also realistic and know that the cancer could come back any time, and then I wouldn't know what would happen next. I don't feel that the near-death experience has changed the course of my disease and that I feel that I was cured immediately or that my healing process has been different because of the near-death experience. For me, this experience was rather there to show me that I should reconcile with the life I've had so far that everything is as it should be, that cancer also has its purpose, and that I have to learn to make the best of it. So perhaps the question is, how did the near-death experience influence my healing process? I think when it comes to the physical biological side of the lymphatic cancer, I can't tell, but it's healed my mental health, my soul. Has the near-death experience changed your view of the world? Do you believe in life after death today? Yes. No, it rather confirmed a hunch or a hope that I've already had before. It's clear to me now that I'm no longer afraid of death. I then always have to explain as well that it doesn't mean I want to die now. But death is part of life, it will come. And then it's okay. But where I have the certainty now is, what comes afterwards is something wonderful. It doesn't stop there. I'd never thought that before. Now I have proof. 
The other day I was asked if I believe in God and in life after death and I said, no, I don't believe it. I've seen it, I know it exists. It gave me something like certainty and also comfort. That worldview may have changed. I haven't totally changed as a person and yet I would say I have been reborn and I have a different life now than what I used to have before. It has also changed my life in a way that I feel more of a duty to make something good out of every day that I have. Before, I tried to live ethically, environmentally friendly, like flying as little as possible and so on, all the things that are popular nowadays. But now I've realized that my responsibility is different. I make the best out of every day. And that's not a rule that comes from outside. I already feel what is right. What has changed is that I feel the rules are the same, but they come from the heart. That is certainly different compared to what it used to be and that I have a responsibility towards other living beings. One thing I've realized is that I almost can't stand it when I see that other people or other living beings suffer because this pain is inflicted deliberately. These things used to be hard even before, but my perception is stronger than before. For some reason, I am also politically active. I wanted to make the world a better place, but now it almost tears me apart. Or when I see someone deliberately harming others to make a mark or for selfish reasons, I used to get upset. Now it hurts me. I also get angry in a way, but it's different. I have a different ethical compass. So my life has changed. It's decreased a bit now. But in the first period after the near-death experience, I also felt this connection with nature very clearly. Things happened. I even had interactions with animals that would have been unimaginable for me before. I had the feeling that we were communicating with each other. They came to me. I really felt the other living beings. I still have that a little bit now, but it's not as strong as it used to be at the beginning. This being connected to everything, being a part of the whole, and that the universe is simply a collection of the same energy and love, that is still important in my life today. It has also changed my life, yes. As a doctor, you are certainly also very familiar with the usual rather naturalistic, materialistic explanations of near-death experiences. What do you say to that? When I realized that my revelation experience was a near-death experience, I started to look into the subject very intensively. By the way, I've tried to write down my near-death experience several times because I didn't want my research to possibly change the memory of it. Each time, even now, when I recount and look at it again, there are other aspects that are more to the foreground than perhaps the last time. 
After all, there are different explanations. What happens to near-death experiences during a cardiovascular arrest when you have various oxygen deficiencies in your brain, or how can one explain an out-of-body experience? These explanations don't work for me because I didn't have a cardiovascular arrest. I was physically weak, but I did not have a physical death. I assume that I didn't have an oxygen deficiency. And yet, I had this complex experience that incorporated many elements that others also have experienced. The scientific explanation is perhaps exciting when I see, if you stimulate a certain area in the brain, a near-death experience can be triggered. But it doesn't explain to me what I experienced and what the meaning behind it is. I believe that this is a process that we cannot explain in medical physiological terms. As a doctor, one has the task of preserving life. Sometimes you might also have the impression that the aim is to preserve life at all costs. As a result of your near-death experience, has your attitude changed in this regard? It's funny, I would claim not really, but yes, I have changed. As a GP, I have also accompanied many people until they reach the end of their life. But in medicine, we are actually taught that death is always a defeat. The point is to postpone it as long as possible. But I have never practiced this kind of medicine that believes in preserving life at all costs. For me, it's about quality of life. That has always been the case. But since my illness, I think due to the illness, I have already taken a big step. And then the near-death experience. I have had a different view of the last stage of life ever since. I have noticed that I have started to take care of individual patients again. There are also a few cancer patients among them. I've had conversations with them that would have been different before. Now it's more about what do they think they need before their life ends. There are some cases where we know there is no cure. What do they want? What do they expect after death? Some people think it's over and that's fine. I've noticed that I can talk about it more openly. And what I have just noticed is that there is a privilege to be able to accompany certain people. There are terminally ill people who can't talk about it with anyone, not even with their relatives. And I believe that just having a doctor who can talk about it is worth a lot to many people. I can offer that. And of course, my job is still to check. Is there a treatment? Is there a cure? I still think this is my main task. Some say there is nothing left to do. That is a saying that is totally wrong. We can always do something for people until their last breath. We can be with them, we can accompany them, and as a doctor, I can perhaps even make sure that their suffering remains as small as possible until they die. Generally, I haven't changed, but I think I just go about it with more heart. It's hard to say, 
I would say I can't practice medicine the way I used to. However, if I look at it objectively, not that much has changed from the outside, but I have changed from the inside. An increasingly important topic in society is self-determined dying. What is your opinion on such concepts where people try to take the dying process into their own hands, so to speak? Active euthanasia is a recurring topic in Switzerland. I have not actively dealt with these issues. It's also clear to me that during my near-death experience, I learned that nothing is right or wrong. The only wrong thing is when I force my opinion on other people. That's why I can only say what would be right for me. I'd already thought about whether I would be prepared to have active euthanasia if the cancer treatment had been unsuccessful and the chemotherapy hadn't worked. In Switzerland, that would have been legal. It was clear to me that it wouldn't be right for me. After the near-death experience, I've assumed that everything happens the way it should be, and when the right time comes, it will come. Then I will know, but I'll only see what's the right way for me, not what is the right way for others. What I certainly couldn't do is actively end other people's lives. I couldn't do that. That means your concept in life is not to stick rigidly to concepts or rules, so to speak, but to follow what feels right at a certain moment? Yes, looking back, I've got to say that in my first life I did some things well and correctly, but there are some things I would have done differently now. One thing that has completely changed is the feeling that I have to get through this now, that I have to grit my teeth and get everything done in my 150% job, and then sometime after the age of 60 I can relax, and then I can do whatever I'd like to do. This is something that has totally changed for me. We would never have known that, but I'm more aware of it now, because I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't want to postpone doing the right and important things until later. I really try to do more of the things that are in line with my heart, with my intuition, with what's right for me. Listening to my intuition since I've been retired, I've also felt the need to share my experience. That is to tell what I've experienced so that others don't feel alone. It's also helped me to know that there are others who've had the same experience. But through my work, I've also realized to be there for other people. I also want to pass my experience not only with words, but simply by being there for others. Of course, I'm also planning for the future, but I live more in the now. I try to do only the things that are right for me and not the things I have to do because I have to. Of course, certain things we have to do, like paying taxes, that's part of life. I look at that with a smile. Certain things I have to do, but whenever I have a choice, I try to follow my intuition and my heart. I think that was the perfect closing word. Thank you very much for the interview and all the best. Thank you.